Welcome to Art of the Score, the podcast that explores, demystifies and celebrates some of the greatest soundtracks of all time from the world of film, TV and video games. I'm Andrew Pogson and in each episode we'll be joined by Daniel Golding and Nicholas Buck as we check out a soundtrack we love, break down its main themes, explore what makes the score tick and hopefully impart our love of the world of soundtracks. In Episode 8, we continue Part 2 of our celebration of 40 years of Star Wars A New Hope with the exploration of the iconic Williams score. In the last episode, we only got the two of the main themes Mm. because we were so excited, Uh, but we're going to continue our analysis and check out a whole bunch of the uh, the other remaining uh, themes uh, from Star Wars. But joining me... As always, on this continued journey to a galaxy far, far away is composer, arranger, orchestrator, conductor, and the guy who once told me that he would totally allow droids into his cantina is Nicholas Buck. Oh, who told you that? <laughs> I am not the conductor you were looking for. <laughs> Very excited to get, get stuck into this great and influential score. Absolutely. And having freshly returned from an unsuccessful diplomatic mission to Alderaan is writer, critic, university lecturer, and Nick I've heard. If you strike him down, he will only come back more powerful than anyone could possibly imagine. It's Dan Golding. I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are, guys. Mm-hmm. We're, we're at part two. Uh, part one, we checked out the uh, opening couple of main themes being Luke's theme and Leia's theme. So we've dealt with the... Brother dealt, and sister? We've dealt with the brother and sister mm. mm-hmm. at this point. But of course, there are so many amazing themes to get to. So probably in record time for this podcast, <laughs> yes. let's jump straight into the next main theme that we want to check out. Yeah. And that is the Force theme. It is the Force theme. Also known as Ben Kenobi's theme. Yeah, well, in this theme, in, in this film especially, it makes sense as Ben's theme. In later films, of course, when Ben Kenobi is not around anymore, spoiler, uh, <laughs> then it becomes much of a broader sort of uh, Force theme or especially in the prequels, sort of the Jedi Knights theme. We first... Uh, well, uh, the, the the major playing of this, I suppose, uh, early on in the film, uh, we might as well jump straight into it, is of course the famous binary sunset. I mean, it's uh, it's probably the most famous, actually, I think, from this film. Yeah, I think um, that'd be fair. Mm. I mean, I would say, I was just thinking that as it was playing, that this, for me, this scene and this music is episode four yep. to me. This is what I think about when I think about episode four. And it sort of sums up so much of the movie in mm. this one little scene. Mm-hmm. It's got the, uh, you know, you're not... On Earth, you've got the two sons. Mm. Uh, you've got the, you know, the everyman, the Luke Skywalker, just, you know, looking to the stars, wondering what his life could be like. It is the most representative of who I was as a kid mm. and probably for a lot of the audience that, you know, which is why this movie is so successful, of that feeling of this is me. This is, mm. you know, I'm, I'm in a... I'm in a job I don't like, <laughs> or maybe I'm living at home and I wish I could be not living at home and be doing yeah. my own thing. You know, when am I going to get my chance? And and this sort of that's that moment, and mm. it's such a you know wonderful moment. But I have a question. I have a question for the group. So it's Luke. It's Luke on screen. Mm. Why? And we haven't met Ben Kenobi at this mm. point. Nope. Um, nor do we know about. Do we know about the Force? We don't know about the Force. Nope. At this point. Okay. So we don't know Ben. We don't know the Force. Mm. And we have just said this is Ben. Slash the force theme. <laughs> Why do you think this works here? The same way that Princess Leia's theme works. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to use that one. You don't get to use that one. I mean, uh, look, I think it works because it's Luke being wistful and looking out to this other life that he thinks he can have. And that in the film is represented in part by Leia, but also 
most directly by Ben because he provides the way out. He is the symbol in Luke's life and Luke does know of Ben before we meet the two of them in this film. That's true, isn't it? Yeah, mm. he does He does know him. Yeah. Yep. As old Ben. Old Ben. Yeah. Um, not Ken- is it Kenobi, he says? Uh, yeah, Ben Kenobi. Oh, he does yeah. say Ben Kenobi. Yep. Okay, right. Yep. Yep. As this sort of outsider, this crazy old hermit, as he's kind of described in the film, as, as this, this kind of weird guy who's probably led a bit of an interesting life, but we're not really sure what that is. And, and for Luke, certainly putting ourselves as the audience in his shoes, I mean, that's... That's who Ben is to him. He's representative of, of, of somebody who's done something. We don't know what, but he's done something. And I think that that's partially why logically, even though I think probably it's more of what Nick is saying is that, you know, it's it's just a good piece of music for, for the moment. It represents Luke's wistfulness and that, that is neatly encapsulated in the well, figure of Ben. It also represents his destiny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, he that's he ends up with the force. Yeah. Yep. And that's you true. could argue that he is... He already has the force. I'm oh, sorry, him. he probably already has it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel it is the call of the force. Mm. So you know that call to what, what was adventure, the a call yeah. to adventure is this is the force calling him to adventure. And yes, it is actually Obi Wan who eventually sort of kicks him out the door. But mm. this is the moment that that force inside him that's already inside him from his you know genes, for want of a better term, yeah, midi chlorians. Uh, midi chlorians. <laughs> oh, <let's laughs> sorry, not, we let's won't not, bring that up. Oh, yeah. um, is. Uh, <laughs> You know, this is this is that moment. So mm. maybe it works perfectly. It's you know, if we say it's the force theme, it's the force calling to him. Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm, I'm going to play devil's advocate and give a much more practical reason. Here we go. Whilst never knowing, never having been there, some people know that this was not the original cue written for mm. this yeah, particular correct. scene. It was possible that whatever Williams wrote originally, you know, maybe once all the themes and a lot of the music had been recorded, you know, he might have gone home one night and. and George Lucas, you know, who, who I uh, I know said to him, you know, how about we try the force theme instead? Mm. It could have been a suggestion from Lucas, purely on an emotional level, to to use it, you know, as a replacement for what he already had, you know. And Williams might have been trying to adhere to his lead motive uh, um, structure by by not playing someone else's theme mm. originally. Mm. And this kind of disrupted that. Who, who knows? Well, given that we've we've touched on the idea that there was another binary sunset uh, cue, yeah, well, I mean, let's we, we, actually we, we, listen we, we to it. Hear it. Yeah, let's 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 listen to it. Let, let's do that now. There is another. There is another. Absolutely. And this is yeah. Well, it's it's on the. Um, it was released for the, at least in terms of my knowledge of it. It was released for the first time as part of the 1997 special edition release of the the CD soundtrack, and it contains this little um, surprise in their binary sunset in brackets alternate this was the first one that was played to Lucas and um, he I think wisely said to Williams yeah I'm not sure this works but let's make up our own mind and, and have a listen to it now This is the bit where Luke actually comes outside and stares at the sun. And we'll hear DS Ray just there. So have you seen have you seen the footage with this put over the top? You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, I have. So there's this interesting thing that um, in cinema studies it's called the Kuleshov effect, and it was this Soviet editor where basically he got the same piece of footage of an actor just looking, and then he cut it with like a young attractive woman and showed it to audiences, and then he cut it alongside a dead body. Or a dying baby, or something, you know, and and the like, audience like the same look, you mean? Yeah, yeah, the exact same look, and the audience was like, "This actor is amazing. He's showing off the most subtle differences in in <laughs> what he's reacting to, right?" But it, the actor's not reacting to anything different at all. It's the same piece of footage. I believe, and I, a few other people have sort of theorized that there's a musical Kuleshov effect that if you put the two different pieces oh, of music over the same footage, different 
different features emerge. And this is a great example of that because if you watch that scene with that music, the first attempt over the top of Binary Sunset, Luke looks gutted. Yeah. He looks really annoyed. Yeah. It becomes the call of the dark side. Yeah, instead of yeah. the call of the force. He's much more bored. It's like, he's so like, when am I going to get out of this place? <laughs> and then you go back to the version as it was released in the cinema. Mm. And it's wistful. It's beautiful. It's noble. It's he's going to get there. He's sad for now, but he's going to get there. But what, what I really love about this is upon discovering this, this alternate take is that we heard that DSE ray and we, we discussed mm. that in Jurassic Park. So I'm not going to go into it too much uh, again, but... It actually is the first time we hear that DSRA theme. And if you think, you know, maybe I've heard this theme, you know, that vibe somewhere before, it's in the Burning Homestead. Mm. And in the Burning Homestead is when we hear the DSRA again. And uh, seemingly in isolation, actually, uh, when you, you know, see the finished current movie. But in reality, when Luke starts at the homestead, looking out, I'm really annoyed. DSC Ray is there as sort of this impending doom. And then him, you know, meeting Ben Kenobi and running back to the homes, the burning homestead now, and his um, aunt and uncle have been killed. It actually wraps up that cue. Um, so, the burning homestead is, is like the answer to that question of the original binary sunset. So, there is some method in William's madness there. But like you said, I think regardless of that nice little piece of how that wraps up a few cues later or a few scenes later, that like you said, the vibe is just wrong. Um, and I think George Lucas made a really expert yep. uh, suggestion when he said, you know what, I'm not sure sure this works. Wouldn't you have loved to be there to like hear the discussion though? And like, I wonder if this scene was tempt with something before it. Did Luke, uh, did Williams just mm. go off and write this sort of more sinister cue, you know, on a whim? Did they discuss the, the type of music that would have resulted in this alternate cue? Because it's, mm. it's so different to what, ended up there i really would love to have been a fly on the wall to hear what what they wanted to to, to represent there mm. but uh let's let's hear that conclusion because yeah. it's probably been a little while since we've we've heard it and here's um here's the burning homestead but once again towards that dis era moment where like i said that that binary sunset is resolved And if I can jump in there as well, um, that cue has taken on renewed significance with the release of the new films because... In The Force Awakens. It was the best bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In The Force Awakens, that cue is actually replayed wholesale. It's not re-recorded. It's not nothing. It's inserted straight into the film. And that's the first time that's ever happened with any Star Wars film. And that's where Rey gets the lightsaber. And that, to me, that's such a beautiful link between these two films because that's the moment where Luke, if we're going back to the Campbell thing, that's where he gives up his old life. He goes, I'm going to go and be a hero. I accept my place in the universe. Mm. And that, in The Force Awakens, that same piece of music is used when Rey pulls the lightsaber using the Force from the snow to battle Kylo Ren. And and earlier in the film, she's refused to touch the lightsaber. That's been her refusal of the call. She said, no, I'm not touching that thing. I don't want anything. I'm going to stay on Jakku and wait for whoever. Mm. Um, you know, uh, and that's when she picks it up. And, and that is that Im- same embrace, this new generation... Um, of, of characters where she's embracing the, the call and her place in the universe. And it's just a really thoughtful reuse of that. Mm. And we touched on in, in part one, the uh, Rogue One and Giacchino's, you know, score, which is a prequel to this movie. Mm. And of course, he's trying to reference things from episode four so that it makes sense leading from Rogue One into episode four, which I think is is a really nice idea as well. And of course, this DS Ray thing, this theme uh, is used so overtly in Rogue One and no more so than if you guys will allow me to take this little right hand Mm. turn again in the queue called the Master Switch in Rogue One and that's when uh, Jin Erso is scaling the um, the whole bunch of hard drives or something anyway uh, discs and the most overt DS Hero comes out and, um, and here it is 
you know, Jokino's given us the little sample of Deus Irae before sort of hitting us in the face with it super overtly. And here it comes. And uh, you wouldn't have been able to see uh, Nick and Dan here uh, pull a face at the at the um, Giacchino sort of main title, I guess. Mm. Uh, but maybe it, it works for you guys because he only plays a little bit and then goes straight back into DC Ray, which is yeah. that sort of doom and gloom. And uh, I don't know, maybe it works. But really mm. within the context of that film, it's because mm. at the end of the day, Jin Erso is doomed and her mission is ultimately Mm. It's successful, it's hope, but it's also yeah. yeah, sacrificial and doomed and mm. and that's those moments. And I, I honestly think Giacchino, uh, you know, scoured the score, the John Williams score for little ideas mm. like this and you'll find uh, that all sorts of little motifs from, from episode four, all the things that are in the background actually pop up in the Giacchino score. So, I think mm. that's a really nice little moment. Definitely. Uh, and I suppose to continue our exploration of the Force theme, it's worth considering how it develops over the course of the film as well. It does develop uh, actually to a large extent much more than the previous two themes, which if you think that we just spent a single episode on two themes, uh, <laughs> and this is perhaps more, more, you know, even more prevalent in the score than the other two, hopefully this, this won't take very long. It is very interesting. Actually, my favourite rendition in the entire score is uh, very early on, and it's when we first encounter Ben Kenobi. Here it is. Why is that your favourite, Dan? I think there's something almost a bit menacing about it, <laughs> which is unusual for a rendition of the Force theme. It's magical, but it's kind of like... Shimmery strings up top? Yeah, it's an unknown magic, yep. though. It's yep. a magic that could actually be a little bit dangerous yep. because in this scene, you Low know, strings exactly. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, in this scene, and uh, the doubling of the the French horns are playing in octaves. Yep. The main theme there. Um, in this scene, we don't know Ben yet. He's got a. He's back to us. He's cloaked. Uh, could be a bad guy. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And we, we also don't really know what happened to the droids at this yeah, point, do we? They could be demolished. Yeah, Luke could be dead. Yeah, uh, unlikely, but could be dead. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, I think it's a really, really interesting statement of that, and interesting to introduce Obi Wan like that because, of course, as the th- the film goes on, I mean, we very quickly get a much more sort of traditional, mm, you know, positive mystery of the Force stated uh, very shortly after that. In fact, uh, almost straight away, we get uh, you know, in Tales of the Jedi Knight, we get this. That's another really beautiful statement of it as well. Yeah. I, I think perhaps in a way that's probably the archetypal Ben Kenobi version of the Force theme, I think. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. It's like mm. a bit of magic mixed with wisdom. And look, uh, this is probably a good time to, to mention the fact that, I mean, without a doubt, the Force theme is the most played theme out of all mm-hmm. the Star Wars themes, like as in the most recurring mm. through all the films. And it really, more than that main title, more, more than Luke's theme, to me, it really is, is the heart and soul of Star Wars. You look at all the, all the newest trailers, 
they're not playing bum bum ba, 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 bum Star yeah. Wars back in cinemas. Yeah. They're they're preying on that that kind of mythic, mm-hmm. you know, emotional element of the Force theme. You know, the holistic, almost religious aspect. I mean. People all know this. How you know? Isn't the the Jedi's now religion? Sure, because people put it on census <laughs> forms or something like that. <laughs> stupid yeah, stuff like yeah. that. But yeah. you know, that, that's it's not the Star Wars reason. It's because of the Force, mm. and this is the theme that really embodies that, and it's mm. everywhere. Absolutely, know? and that's when he's uh, you know telling Luke about the Force yep. as well. Binds us, surrounds us, holds the galaxy together. Exactly. You know, there's a very, very few lines in this first film about what the Force is uh, or what it does. And only a few suggestions as to what power it gives people. I mean, Luke makes a one in a million shot and uh, Vader sort of chokes a guy. Yeah. And that's sort of about and, it. And Han Solo's sort of poo-pooing it a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he does the mind trick, you know, with the, yep. these aren't the droids you're looking for. But there's not much more to the Force than that in yeah. this film and so the power and the mystique of it and the fact that people in 1977 went mad for the force uh comes from i think alec guinness's delivery of those lines and, yeah i and, think that's fair and john williams's music and it's actually because i think in in you know such a expert way george lucas doesn't show us too much about the force mm. and so we can actually as audience members attach sort of whatever we want to the force because it's set up in that really mystical way. You see some people sort of in some weird way doing whatever they want in mm. that there it seems to sort of have no real boundaries. Like there's a guy doing the mind trick. There's a guy, well, they have the remote session where he's got the blast sure. shield down and, and he's, you know, guessing where the where it's going to shoot him and blocking it. There's all these little things you're like, man, does this have no limits, this force? And it mm. sort of suggests that it doesn't. And so as a kid, it's like, you know, your imagination can just run wild with that. And mm. I think that's the, 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 uh, the key, attraction. It? Yeah. It's the attraction of, of the force, you know. Mm. It can sort of be whatever you want it to be. And yeah, but that's that's certainly the cue. That's the cue that sort of sells that message. Absolutely. Definitely. So, I mean, yeah, the force theme continues to develop in a whole bunch of ways. And we could spend several episodes probably going through the ways in which it develops. Uh, but let's not do that. Uh, let's Thank instead um, talk about maybe some of the, the most interesting or unique versions i've got a version here uh which plays when the millennium falcon uh is escaping tatooine and it does uh, i don't know i think it's really i mean amazing and also a little bit bizarre Uh, so let's hear what happens here with the force theme Yeah, so it- it's almost trying to <laughs> trying to find a key, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean it modulates, doesn't it? it, it yeah, 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 but like very, very subtly, and uh, the the harmonic bass is really kind of jagged and it's really not kind of settled, and it's there's there's rhythm, propulsion, and energy and excitement, which is kind of what's happening. I mean they're they're about to fly off and escape from all the stormtroopers. Yeah. And, mm. and what, I, what I also find interesting is that, um, like we've discussed, you know, Leia's theme playing over Ben's death and Ben's theme playing over Luke's kind of staring at the suns. Here, it's sort of, it's India, it's India Jones. It's, um, <laughs> sorry, what's his it's name? Han it's Solo. Harrison, uh, Han Solo. <laughs> it's Han Solo's ship and it's yeah. his win, I guess. Mm. You know, he's the one that kind of helps him escape. Is that um, maybe why this sounds like sort of a bastardized version of the force? Because, mm. you know, Han Solo doesn't have the force and- maybe, um, Well, yeah. not only yeah. that, but he doesn't have a theme. Well, that's true. And he never gets one. He, he? never gets one. Mm. I mean, uh, John Williams in some interviews has referred to Hansel and the Princess as Hans' theme, which I think he's just using it as a shorthand because it's, it's their theme, not his theme. Totally. Yep. But uh, yeah, Han as an individual never gets a musical theme. Yeah. yeah. They never play Han and the Princess when he like, you know, saves the day in the yeah, asteroid exactly. or something. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, definitely there's that. Uh, and then, you know, continuing on, we get, uh, we do get, uh, despite the fact that Ben doesn't get his own music when he dies, we do get a rendition of his theme when Luke is mourning him.
yeah, and then we go into the TIE fighter battle, but it's a nice little moment yeah. there. I, I love that. Yeah. That clarinet oh. coming in there. Yeah, yeah. just uh, and it can change his key. Oh, mm. I, I mean, once again, I can't get enough of when John Williams passes a melody around the woodwinds. Mm. I just, I, I adore that so much. And mm. it says so much. Like, the, you know, it's interesting, but I think it tells a story. You know, Mm -hmm. it tells a story within those little few seconds. And so, yeah, it's wonderful. Except for the bassoons. I've never heard the forced theme played on bassoons. That's true. Poor, poor bassoons. They're saved for other Ewoks and and Jawas characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Now you've got me racking my memory. I think fans, if you you can find the forced theme played by bassoons, (laughs) we will uh, give you a free. Lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> sure. Okay. You you can you can follow. I've through got on one. That. Hey, oh, right, when okay. you're as rich as me from all the moisture farming, I mean, you, okay. can, you can afford lightsabers. Great. Great. <sighs> so I suppose uh, then the force theme. Uh, I mean, it it becomes almost this martial theme as well, along with Luke's theme as well uh, in the Battle of Yavin, uh, where we get these really interesting versions of it. I suppose, yeah, we'll, we'll hear some of them now as the X-Wings uh, and Y-Wings go into the Death Star trenches and, and, and uh, fight the, the dogfights above, above the Death Star. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like it's like peals of, of trumpets or... Yeah, and mm. they're, they're, it's very kind of fugal, um, mm. you know. You know, one of them starts, but then there's like, there's like other trumpets sort of, you know, a couple of beats displaced, um, sort of, you know, further behind and it, mm. and it really kind of, yeah, develops it in a very kind of fugal but militaristic, yeah. um, you know, it's like, like you said, uh, ships coming together to form mm. a formation. Yeah, I mean, it implies multiplicity, I suppose, you know. Yeah. Yep. It, 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 it Maybe each single trumpet implies a, a starship. Coming or, along. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, it's clever writing. All, you know, all come together and group together. Yeah, mm. unique within themselves, but fits together within the squadron. Yeah, like, mm. like Porkins. <laughs> sure. Yep. We finally got on the Porkins. Yeah. Uh, After great. returning to him with uh, good uh, top men from uh, Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really, really wonderful inventive use in this in this final climax scene. Um, and then, of course, we, you know, get a few determined variations, as we heard then at the end with the Force theme, until finally coming to sort of the emotional combination of the Force theme, I think, over the course of the film. Use the force, Luke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's uh, obviously yeah. It's when uh, when uh, we hear from uh, Obi Wan's ghost for the first time, and it really it comes out of nowhere. It's sort mm. of this action music, and then just whoosh, whoosh, strings yeah. hovering, and, and yeah. yeah, it's like the bottom comes out of the orchestra as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. And it's yeah. just these sort of high woodwind chords, and then all the strings in, in unison playing. Mm. Here's a weird thing. I always felt this when watching the film. Obviously, he's in the next wing. They're flying. This is the moment that it feels like he's flying. Yeah. Yeah. Before that, it feels like there's gravity involved. It feels like they're, you know, they're fighting against gravity, like mm. a like a plane on Earth, I guess. Mm. In this one, it's the first time that it feels like weightlessness. And yeah. when you combine that with the picture where it's sort of him bobbing around mm. while he hears, you know, use the force, Luke, and you have that sort of really weightless version of the force, mm. it, yeah, all of a sudden it feels like he's floating. He's soaring. He is soaring, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's mm-hmm. the power of, of music and suggestion with, with the voices in the head. It's, yeah. I think it's as simple as that. That's, that, that's right there is, is the essence of films, you know, mm. distilled, Andrew. Um, <laughs> I've got a uh, trivia question, guys. Shoot. When is the first time that the Force theme appears in the movie? I would have said Binary Sunset. Nick? Um, is it when we see R2-D2 on the Rebel Blockade runner thingy? God damn you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure why 
it even appears there. I don't know either, but let's let's hear that. So the actual first time that we hear the Force theme is, I would have said the Binary Sunset mm. too, I must admit, Dan, but I went through the movie and uh, trying to find where's the first time that we hear certain themes. And yeah, they play it up real early, mm. like way before we even are bothering with the Force or Ben Kenobi or anything. And um, yes, it's where, where Leia is... Uh, putting the plans into R2. It's around that same time. It's also, and we we mentioned it in um, part one, it's also the first time that Leia's theme happens as well. So Mm. we actually get these two uh, core themes. Sort of smished together. Smished together, yeah, and and really fast and early in the film. But uh, let's have a listen. So there we go. There you go. It actually happens that early on. Maybe it does yeah. make sense. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, Princess Leia uh, is, you know, she's also following a destiny. Mm. And, you know, maybe the Force is the, and this really helps with Rogue One, I must admit, the, mm. the you know, the, the lengths they've gone to to take those plans. Mm. And, um, you know, it's actually the Force sort of helping them along. And this is another moment where, where Princess Leia is, uh, you know, making that crucial you know, palming off of the the information mm. to the droids, and we hear the force influencing the moment, perhaps mm. uh, that early on. Yeah. Do you guys know that the force theme appears in Superman? Sure. What? Yeah. Sure. Very, very subtly. Um, <laughs> I'm ready. You, I'm I mean, ready. You know, like the opening of Superman, there's that great kind of planet Krypton sequence. That sort mm. of. Uh, Yeah, and it all builds up and stuff. But just after that, it sort of—I was listening to it just the other week, and I noticed this. I thought, "Oh, is that just like a phrase, or is it actually a quote?" And I'm trying to think of why it would be here. But I mean, have a listen, and the viewers or the listeners can judge. Maybe Superman is actually a Jedi. <laughs> I was just about to say that's blowing my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it like a, it's like green crystals and stuff? Maybe it's like yeah, a yeah, lightsaber yeah, yeah, in the yeah, ma- yeah. maybe that thing he throws and makes the fortress actually makes lightsabers, and mm. that's where um, Luke got his green lightsaber from at the start of Return <laughs> so, of the okay, Jedi. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> so Luke Skywalker in Return of the Jedi built his lightsaber with kyber crystals that are actually in the North Kryptonite? Pole kryptonite. Yep. Yeah. This in, is phenomenal. And okay. that's why he wears black that whole film because he's actually a Sith Lord. And of course- <laughs> And in, in The Last Jedi, it's actually going to be Rey and then Luke's going to be like Darth Vader's- yeah. <laughs> He's yeah, Darth yeah. Vader's son. He's going to be like uh, a bad dude. And it's all going to be because of Superman and yeah. Christopher Reeve. Yeah. And of course, we know that uh, the uh, the Yoda's theme is played in E.T. Uh, when yeah, he, yeah when, but that's on purpose. Yeah, 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 exactly. But the implication is because then later Yoda's- uh, Sorry, E.T. species are included in episode one in the Senate. They're yeah. actually- they're. Are they? Oh, the, yeah, 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 exactly. So, he's E.T. from Dagobah. So, E.T., <laughs> e. Star Wars and Superman all take place in the same universe. That's uh. phenomenal. <laughs> Drop the mic, turn the episode yeah. off. All right, we're done. We did it. I was hoping we were going to come up with some ridiculous theory <laughs> and uh, we did not disappoint. Yep. All right, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Maybe maybe we'll leave leave the Force theme for now. Yes. The I suppose the next most significant theme is uh, the Rebel fanfare. Which oh, yep. crops up time and time and again over the course of the film. Now, I'm going to play you a version uh, to introduce this, which is not from this film. I'm sorry. I just thought maybe the clearest way to introduce this to you <laughs> would be the way that, in fact, it has gone on to be the theme music for the series Rebels. Oh, yeah. 
So the Rebel fanfare. So is, is I, I don't know what Rebels is. Is uh, this sorry. to do so with Star Wars? Re- yeah, Rebel. Yes. So this is Lucasfilm's ongoing current, although it's up to the last season. It's an animated kids. Well, it's not really kids yeah. really, but it's animated. I dig it. Yeah, I love it actually. Mm. I think it's far better than it has any right to be. Mm. Um, <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, animated 22 minute episodes um, made by Lucasfilm. It's canon. It's canon within the Star Wars universe. And at the moment, it's telling the story of the formation of the rebellion. Uh, and so they use the Rebel fanfare. And so here we go. And so, I mean, yeah, like there's been played a little bit around with, but uh, that's 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 the rebel fanfare. Yep. Uh, I mean, look, just just to distill it on mm. you know, on piano. I mean, it's really just consists of triadic major chords. And that's that's it. It's sort of heroic. So it's Nick, can you can you explain um, uh, triadic major chords to to people at home? So tri meaning three. So there is three notes. And when we generally talk about a triad, we talk about um, the tonic, the median, and the dominant. So it's basically one, three, five of a chord. Okay, and that can also be a minor. That's a still a triad. It's just a minor triad. So every one of these chords are major chords. C down to A and then we kind of go up to E flat and work our way down you know you you could do a groove (laughs) (laughs) you could be advertising I I love that we can always rely on you or something (laughs) we can always rely on you to put it into the the cheese version I love it but it it is uh, it is you know it just crops up time and time and again even from the first moment of the film really I mean this is what we hear uh, shortly after the film has begun perhaps some of the earliest melodic material beyond the, the opening theme So, I mean, you know, straight away, just a super quick glimpse of it uh, and then straight into it again. And that's a really great example of where Williams... Um, I mean, because it really is, it's not really a theme. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's motif. a motif. It's yeah. a motif. And the flexibility that that gives means that, especially as far as a harmony goes, he can do what he wants. And here he's got this really kind of repetitive pedal ostinato. Pedal meaning the bass doesn't move whilst things above it do. Mm. And ostinato mean it just a kind of repetitive rhythm. If I can jump in there quickly, actually, that repetitive ostinato is actually the imperial motif. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can it, hear that. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, he's combined the imperial and the rebels yep. right at the beginning of the film. It's, yep. What a, what a genius. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so, harmonically... You know, you're already getting these kind of um, harmonic clashes... But so there's tension, there's sort of heroism, but tension, you know, yeah. and that, that's the essence. And of it never resolves. Mm. No, it never resolves. It doesn't need to. Yeah. In, in fact, the similar effect is amplified again later in the film when the Millennium Falcon is captured by the Death Star. Uh, we get we get this. So, I mean, it, and, and look, that's, I mean, I've got two things to say about that. One, mm. 
I just sort of the Macarena again from <laughs> Indiana Jones. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, dun. That's yeah, a yeah. repetitive <laughs> thing. Almost, almost. almost. Mm. Yeah. Um, but two, that's a really interesting use because, I mean, in that scene, our, our heroes, our protagonists, have been captured by the baddies and they're being sucked in. Mm. Yet the music is sort of... If it wasn't for that ostinato, it's it's completely unashamedly triumphant. Mm. But um, bum, but um, bum, mm. but um, but like, yeah. you know, you could you, you could have played that really ominously, and mm. Williams doesn't, and I think that's a really interesting, mm. you know. Do you think mm. that represents the fact that they've been captured, but they don't at no in no way are they resigned to their capture? Yeah, yeah. they're it's more, letting, letting the audience know that. Too. Yeah, yeah, they're determined as they're being sucked in because it is slow. Um, mm. They're like, right, we're going to hatch a plan now yep. and we're going to totally win. Definitely. Mm. And I mean, yeah, it even makes more sense, I think, in this light when you compare it to the more triumphant versions, which certainly, I mean, we get some of them in the Battle of Yavin, but also particularly when they're escaping the Death Star. So, the same, we get the same melodic material or the same motif played in a totally more triumphant uh, military manner uh, as they're leaving uh, with the well, the the cue that people now often call Here They Come, because uh, that's what it was called on I mm. think, the original vinyl release, but on the special edition it's called I think TIE Fighter Attack or something like that but uh, uh, here, here it comes again Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, once again, totally versatile. And that, that's, that type of performance of it is perhaps the one that's more iconic for the, for that, for the Rebel Alliance fanfare. But it does... Uh, I was going to say, does it ever... Do we ever hear it throughout the Star Wars series not really performed on brass like in, like, in that kind of quite uh, overt style? Well, I do. I have oh, I see that twinkle in your eye. I see that Ben Kenobi whimsical. <laughs> you, you've you've asked yeah. the right question at the right time. Tell uh, me, Dad. Tell yeah. me where. So, when the Death Star is destroyed, the whole orchestra moves up uh, with the, the 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 main melody rather than in the triad. I think. Here, here we go. Here we go. So we get that more regular performance at the end yep. that yep. echoes it. But so it's it's harmonically it's mm. suggesting the rebel theme, but it's not yep. overtly playing it. I mean, the wrong key, but you kind of get the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. really using that that home. Mm. It just doesn't absolutely just go doesn't go down, but it doesn't need to. It's almost yeah. like the trumpets are like, why are we why are we effing about with this? Yeah. <laughs> no, this is how it goes. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that performance is really nice as well because it's yeah. almost like the orchestra is breathing a sigh of relief. Like mm. after all this tension and the huge Battle of Yavin and everything, finally the Death Star is destroyed. The, the threat is over. The heroes have won the day and it's like, ah. <sighs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and does that full-bodied performance of it. It's like mm. a good Shiraz. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Ah, that was great. Shall let's, we move on? Yeah, let's move on to some of the other slightly smaller cues, but still important. And actually, this is a really big one because... I was about to say, Nick, this... I'm, I'm going to lay some other stuff down on you in a second, but I must admit, I think of this as a minor cue. And of course, what we're, we're talking about is uh, Darth Vader's theme. Uh, but it is actually a pretty major theme. It's just a, or a motif. It comes up lots in the movie. And, and we should, we should we say should, straight away absolutely. that it's not the Imperial March. It is not the Imperial no, March. Because um, that doesn't come in until... Empire yeah, so back. just yeah. audio, we're not talking about that is not which is later yeah. what people call no, that, Darth that, Vader's yes, name. That yeah. was written for the Empire Strikes Back mm. and does not appear anywhere in A New Hope. Mm. And in fact, there's even been debate about whether when they redid the special editions, the one so, thing yeah. people were hoping for nah. was that Williams nah. would somehow re-incorporate nah. the Imperial March into They're a wrong. terrible idea. They're terrible very idea. wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. But then it, it appears in earlier prequels. So how does that lineage nah, make I sense? Care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah, no, I think... I, no, I, 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 I don't care. Yeah, just, I, I think what, what Andrew is suggesting is correct, is that the, the, this, this motif, I suppose, for Vader, yep. it's 
it's great and it deserves to be here i think yeah do you do you also think i mean when i think of the the imperial march the vader's theme that most people know it's darth vader well and truly in charge mm. at that point mm-hmm. in this movie he's in charge but he's answering to tarkin. you know tarkin mm. and and others the suits yeah mm. so he's sort of like yeah he's like this sort of heavy he's mm. like the the emperor's heavy <laughs> yeah. and yeah he's a badass but at the same time, he's not necessarily the dude in charge. Mm. And I think this theme is potentially a representation of that. It's not the grand bad mm. guy. Mm-hmm. It's more of a, you know, a sort of a... Well, actually, let's let's have a listen to it. Yeah. What's the best version of the, the Darth Vader motif, Dan? Oh, I have it lined up, I think, from early on. I think, for, like for me, it's it's a very simple motif, and mm. whilst it's highly effective in portraying, you know, sorry, portraying, you know, uh, the baddie, there's definitely a reason that it doesn't doesn't stick in people's minds as a memorable. I mean, I think most casual fans of film music, if you said sing me Darth Vader's theme oh, from yeah. A New Hope, like no, no one would have any idea what to sing. Well, You're they just right. it, yeah. it's been so overshadowed by the Imperial March and only appears in this one film. And also, like, harmonically, it doesn't really move much. It's just that sort of... Mm. You know, it sort of jumps up a minor third and then works its way down, mm. uh, which is simple in its construct. You know, maybe Vader's simple. We'll, we'll soon learn that he's not. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, yeah, like Andrew said, he hasn't yet developed into, you know, this sort of bad leader, which he, mm. he eventually reaches. But it also means that he can really, he being Williams, uh, John Williams, can, you know, slip it in wherever, wherever, he, wherever he wishes. And it's mm. very, very useful throughout this score. In, in doing that certainly and I mean I think it you know perhaps it reflects that uh, this being maybe more more in the swashbuckling golden age mode of film production in a sense and that this is maybe if you were looking at an Errol Flynn Robin Hood example I mean this might be uh, rather than King John as the big villain this is the Sheriff of Nottingham you know sort of out yeah, to totally, do his yeah. dirty work rather than the full-blown gothic uh, you know huge power of the Imperial March yep. yeah I've uh, I got a question for you guys again First time Vader's theme appears, when do you think that is? I think it's when, uh, or possibly when I just played, when they're being marched down the corridors in, uh, in uh, the blockade runner at the beginning. Um, let's have a listen. This is, this is there's, I, I guess we can, we can now debate which is the official first time, but... Don't I, I get think a you're guess. wrong. Don't I get oh, a guess? sorry, Nick. Yeah. Nick, no, go. Well, you wrecked <laughs> my, you wrecked it last time. Uh, but uh, Nick, Nick, I was going to say, it's, it uh, I think it's played by the Tubers in the 20th Century Fox fanfare. We just <laughs> can't hear it. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> do, 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 you, do you know Nick when, um, when Nick first comes in? No, I don't. Yeah, so I've, I've got a couple of examples here. There's the first time it's played part in part, and the second time, the first time we ever hear it in full is actually before the the marching down the hall. I was going to say, is it before we see Vader? Because some people refer to this as the imperial motive, as, as well, opposed that's to Darth Vader's that's motive. But so let, let's listen, listen to the very first time uh, that we we hear it, and I mean it's a fairly obvious obvious moment. But let's let's cue it up now.
So, of oh, course, it yeah, is the... Um, xylophone. <laughs> yeah. It, You've outdone us. Yep. It's the, the time when they're busting through the door yep. and um, uh, yeah. they're coming onto the, the rebel blockade runner. And, uh, yeah, you hear it in the in the percussion. But it's only the beginning of it because if we count the melody, the full melody has been... This is sort of finish off the, the end of that motif. Um, yeah, it's sort of like a, a sort of a short development section mm. yeah. preceding its first entrance. Isn't um, it? There's actually a – the first time we hear it in full is before the time you say, Dan, mm. and it's in the most bizarre moment in the film. And so I'm just going to play it for you and then we're going to try and guess where this <laughs> actually happens. Uh, here it is. I let it play on for a bit there just to yeah. sort of try and remind you where that moment is. Um, yeah. Do you guys is, know where it is? Yeah, I think is that just just before when the droid when yeah. the droids are you know, moving to their escape. Yeah, yeah, so it plays for the for the first time in full. It plays when the droids are talking to each other, <laughs> and they're saying we're going to get out of here, and they jump into the escape pod. And just before they launch, as they get into the pod, it plays that that little Vader's of theme. Of course. And then launches and so on. And then we get the march down the hallway and the full theme that you played before. Yeah. So, what do we think about that? <laughs> Are the droids part yeah. of the, the Imperial sure. <laughs> Army? Sure. Yeah, the, the droids are part of the Imperial plan. Uh, Leia cared <laughs> most about Ben's death. Uh, really, Han Solo is, 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 is using the Force to escape with the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I don't think that really makes any sense. That's, that's um, a really interesting catch. Yeah, yeah look, it could be like... Um, you know, they're sneaking. I mean, it's, it's a pretty sneaky performance instead of high-muted trumpets. Mm. So maybe the fact that they're kind of sneaking out the back door, mm. you know, is just sort of representative of that. Mm. i, I got to say that that whole kind of orchestral explosion and sort of swell as the droids go out, that yeah. is one of the most magnificent oh, moments in the score. It? <laughs> it is actually. It's a gorgeous yeah. little moment. Yeah. And um, then boom, boom, boom. Those brass chords are really oh, yeah. huge. But yeah. They, yeah. They, they really sum up space and otherworldliness well uh, actually that that moment is almost the end of the first reel of the film okay where we're sort of sending the droids off to Tatooine so a lot of the film has been established so it's almost like and prologue over those chords yep. yeah yeah mm. so I've got another little couple of surprises here and you know we're, we're lamenting the fact that uh, or at least some fans have lamented the fact that the Imperial March the, the really well known Vader's theme hasn't appeared in episode 4 but in actual fact it does no what <laughs> um, so I'm going to I'm going to queue up this moment this is actually when um, they're on the Death Star they've dressed up in as stormtroopers and they're taking Chewbacca to the detention block and I'm just going to play it from here and let's see if you can hear where the Imperial March uh, first appears. Did you hear it, Dan? Yeah. I mean, I heard something. That I didn't hear it. it. I heard a, a descending major third. That's about it. <laughs> I reckon that was the first seed. Right, look, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, it's that's the, first the first seed. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's the, the first, first seed. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And they're on the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. So, I am, I'm throwing that out there that that is the, the seed of yeah. the Imperial March that is to come later on. Nice. Mm. Well, 
I, I think that, I mean, probably the examples that we've shown so far with Vader's motif has suggested that, in fact, it's got very little to do with Vader whatsoever. But the the the, the piece that pulls it together for me yep. is when Obi-Wan tells Luke about a pupil of mine um, not named Darth Vader, you know, was seduced by the dark side, etc., and uh, betrayed and murdered your father. That's, we do hear it then. We finally hear it linked Undeniably with Vader. There we go. Proof. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a lovely little rendition of it as well. Mm. It's sort of like a, a hint in the background, an echo of what we know. Um, yeah. I also like how, because Kenobi's talking about, you know, he used to be a pupil of mine. He's kind of talking about Vader before he was Vader. Mm. And so, it's almost like, you know, it's a stripped back version of Vader, just, just as an innocent little boy that turned mm. bad. And so, Williams gives us a fairly innocent, to quote Andrew, boy, boy instrument, the, the clarinet. You always mm. talk about representing yeah, yeah, the yeah. young boy. You know, it's not a it's not a muted brass or a, or a timpani or a low string thing. It's a, just a soft, gentle clarinet. You know, mm. which which kind of musically represents a young, innocent boy that that will will turn bad. Yeah. I mean, if you play the clarinet out there, I'm not saying you're going to turn bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> you probably will. Yeah. But we're not saying that overtly. Just well, it's do your interesting best. because uh, the uh, Anakin's theme uses a lot of uh, clarinet for Episode One. Oh, okay. Internal oh, consistency. Yeah. There we go. One more thing that I wanted to to touch on here, Nick, actually, with the piano, is that often when John Williams has this in the score, he harmonizes this theme in parallel fifths. And what we mean by that is that uh, you have the melody, ba 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 da la da la di di, and the harmony note is five notes away, a fifth away. Uh, but it moves at the same time. Are you able to play the... the um, so it means like... Yeah, so it's sort of got that, that vibe to it. If you play it just a little um, uh, slower, uh, moving a little more block chordy. I mean, he often does it. Try it, sir. Yeah, so he does sort of multiple versions and when I hear this, I was a, a guy who, fortunately or otherwise, uh, growing up in the, the 80s, one of my favourite bands was Metallica. <laughs> and when I hear that sort of harmony, when I hear that sort of playing, I actually think of Metallica, believe it or not. When I think of Vader... I think of Metallica. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I thought if you would once again allow me. Um, Can't wait to hear this. <laughs> uh, I, I thought I'd grab a little excerpt um, where I think this sort of vibe comes in where, where Metallica are harmonizing their melody in fifths, which is in the, in the metal world called power chords. Uh, but they're just the, the first note of the scale and the fifth note of the scale played together. And in a similar style, um, I'm not saying by the way, that John Williams stole anything from Metallica. But uh, the, certainly the same sort of vibe is there. So I thought we'd play a little bit of metal, which, you know, what better represents Vader than a bit of metal? Do you reckon that's what's playing in Darth Vader's helmet as yeah, he walks yeah, around? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Of course, it's the da, 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 da. Yeah, it's all yeah. played in fifths there. So um, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what I think of when I see mm. Vader on the screen. Mm. And um, finally, I've got a fact. Okay. I've got a fact. I've got my little my little trivia questions here for you guys. <laughs> I'm enjoying these trivia. We yeah. should make them a regular feature of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. we should. So, what do you think? So, you know, we've heard, we've heard pretty much all of the main themes at this point. What do you think is the theme that is played the most 
in the film. In terms of individual occurrences of of just the first film, just episode four, the film we're talking about, what is the theme that is played the most? I think it's got to be the fourth theme. What do you reckon, Nick? I was going to say that, but I'll say something else just to be different. (laughs) Um, Well, you would be right. Before you, oh, okay. you before oh. you guess, it is the fourth theme. Mm-hmm. However, so I was right. <laughs> however, you were right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> retroactively, you were right. What do you think is the second? Vader's theme. Uh, or, or, but no, probably Luke's. Luke's. The Rebel fanfare, maybe. You're actually well. Nick is right twice. Ugh. How can I be Tied. right twice? I gave two different answers. Tied for second oh. place is Luke's theme wow. and Vader's theme. Really? So above Rebel, above layers. Yeah. Mm. Um, above anything else, mm. it goes uh, the force by a long margin, by the way. Yeah. And then equal second is Luke and mm. Vader. Mm. So, there we go. Interesting. Uh, I, I did listen to another podcast once where they ranked every single Star Wars theme and told them how many occurrences they had. And, and the force theme won by a long margin. Yeah. yeah. I can't mm. remember what was second. It was mm. very interesting as an overview. You mean across the films. Across all the films, yeah. yeah. yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Anyway. Well, one very minor theme that we could uh, deal with extremely quickly, uh, it's a motif really, uh, is uh, it's worth mentioning. It's its hardly used in a variety of contexts, so I think we can play it once and be done with it. But it's the Death Star motif, which I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan of. Uh, here, here we go. Absolutely. And that's uh, it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> and and it sounds more or less like that whenever it's played. Yeah. And I mean, I just think it's great. It's like that is the ultimate. Like, and here is the evil villain's lair. Da 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 da. It's almost like a laugh. More. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I mean, you think of um like Austin Powers, those bad Absolutely. guys. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really that kind of sinister. Totally. Yeah. And you know, the Death Star doesn't really warrant anything more or less than that. I think that's a perfect encapsulation of what it yeah. needs. And but, but, and, it, and I mean, it's a really great use. Um, for like a scene change, you yep. know, so many times in a New Hope, it'll be a you know just a music meandering. It might have finished a little scene, and then it's sort of and timpani roll and boom, yum, bum bum bum, and yep. they do that 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 fade wipe or the circle wipe, yeah, whatever yeah. George Lucas loves yeah. at the time. Yeah, and um, boom, we're into a new scene and it mm. lingers through, and it's mm. a really great way of saying you know no yeah. matter where we are, don't forget there's this looming ship about yeah, to kill yeah. everyone. Yeah, it's almost like a, a you know a musical. Meanwhile, yeah, uh, well, yeah. almost like going to a commercial break, but yes, it's, it's <laughs> to a um, a different scene. Altogether. Exactly, yeah. No, it's it's a lovely little usage, and, and it's also used in the Battle of Yavin, the the final uh, action sequence to sort of break up the other themes. Um, is perhaps the most actively it's used through the score. You know what I thought might be a, a nice little way to to finish off this part mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. is there is a cue where it deals with all of those themes that we have just heard about over the first two parts. Oh, really? But really quickly, um, in really quick succession. And fortunately or unfortunately, it's in the, the burning homestead again, mm. which we keep going back to, or at <laughs> least I keep going back to anyway. Uh, but we'll let it play a little longer than we have in the, in the past. And Dan? Can we have a quiz at the end? What, what, what themes we Oh, heard? okay, okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Yep. So, I need you to tell me which themes we've heard yep. and in which order. Uh-huh. Yeah, so if you need to make notes, make notes at home as well. If you um, mental notes, <laughs> yeah. if you need to pause the podcast here and, and get a notepad. And then pause um, it, email us. I don't know how. No, yeah, work. Yeah, but anyway, uh, get ready to, to sort of try and pick these themes out now that we're experts on these, on these main oh, yeah. themes. Mm. Yeah, let's see, let's see how you did. Now, I know it sounds like I've edited something together there, but mm. that's actually how it appears in the film. Mm. So, how did you go, guys? 
Uh, where, where did we start with? What did we start with? Well, we started with the Force then. Correct. Yep. We had a... Then, then we heard a bit of the... It's not really a... The, well, there's a Diazire motif is yes. yeah. in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Mm-hmm. It's not, not a Williams original. No. Though. Yeah, no. Then we transfer to Did the, we get uh, a Death Star? Death Star. Oh, yeah, we go straight into Death Star. Yep. yep. Then, uh, I, look, I, I, I don't know. Maybe we have a little bit of a return of the Imperial... So you're going Imperial then Vader. I'm saying yeah, no, that's it. Yep, yep. And then then a little bit of Leia's theme. Mm. Yep, that's correct. The only person that's missing is Luke. Yeah, yeah. Where's he? Well, doesn't get where he is. He's uh, mourning the death of uh, the people who raised him. Exactly. He can sit this queue out. That's fine. (laughs) Yeah, he's 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 uh, shedding a tear on screen, so we don't really need to hear his theme. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's um, you guys pass. The test. We're now experts. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, that moment in the film, it's almost like, hey, remember these guys? And like, here's their music one after another. Like, just just like, here they are all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially after such an emotional bit. Yeah. 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 Maybe it's like sort of trying to drag us back to the rest of the story. Mm. So, guys, I think we're going to wrap it up there for part two. Don't worry. We're going to be back for part three. We're totally being back yeah. for part three. Yeah. Absolutely. I can't believe well, it. Look, Episode it's a franchise three. built on trilogies. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it yeah, makes yeah. sense. No, yeah. it's actually because this this score has so much going on. We feel that we've only really uh, just, you know, built the base now when we've got all our main themes. But there's so much great music in there. Mm. And um, in part three, and I promise it's our final part, uh, we're, we're going to check all of those out. However, uh, that does bring us to the end of part two of our analysis of Star Wars A New Hope Episode 4 That's confusing isn't it Part 2 Episode 4 Episode 8 Look George Lucas started it It's not our fault (laughs) Anyway we're going to be back next episode To conclude our exploration of this amazing amazing score I really hope you're enjoying yourself through this Um, I know I'm learning an awful lot Um, Hopefully you are too And um, hopefully you'll be with us on this uh, third part Where we sort of wrap everything up but if you have any kind of questions, comments uh, for us, then hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you. Uh, that's at Art of the Score or Instagram, also at Art of the Score. And we'd be you know, really thrilled to, to sort of talk to you and, and you know, see what you, you want to talk about when it comes to Star Wars. You want to nerd out with us. But until next episode, I'm Andrew Pogson. That's Dan Golding. Yes. <coughs> He's Nicholas Buck. Correct. <laughs> you guys and this was art of the score